What's up, y'all? Respect the chat podcast is back. Episode 113. Ryan's over there in Pittsburgh getting hydrated. Oh, yeah. You can't, can, can they see you? Are we still they doing the you. YouTube? We're still on okay, YouTube. Cool. Even better. Even better. We're still on YouTube. Even, even better. My man's getting hydrated over there. I'm going to be getting hydrated as well. 113. I missed 112, man. But you and the fellas held it down. What'd you think? How'd it feel hosting? It was good. I mean, I if it's definitely a lot. You got to keep the conversation going, especially with, I mean, they did a really good job serving, uh, serving Steve, but especially with two people who don't, you know, it's not something they normally do. You got to mm-hmm. like introduce the next topic. So it's not just either dead air or you're speaking in circles about the same thing over and over again. Cause it starts to become, it was good. Cause it felt like a normal conversation, but then it starts mm-hmm. to become like, dang, I just spent 45 minutes <laughs> talking about the same thing in circles without no one even knows what we're talking about anymore. So <laughs> that's the thing, man, people all the time. And I did it too, before I had the podcast. And like I said, 113 episode, man, I, I, I love the fact that Frankie rich, I, and you do this, like, mm-hmm. this is the, I look forward to this every week. It was something I always wanted to do. But in the beginning, man, we were like, it was shaky, you know, like I could do a podcast, you know, you say to yourself, Mm -hmm. but once the microphone goes on and you start thinking about that, people are going to hear this, you know, some people are going to see it on YouTube, but I'm not even worried about that. It's like, people are going to hear what I'm saying. So you start to think about what your answers are. And that's where I feel like sometimes you mess up a little bit. You don't need to think too much about it. You just kind of want to have an idea about what's kind of going on. Mm -hmm. You, the thing about this is that people don't understand about this podcast is that we don't have another person putting an agenda for us. These agendas are being put together by in between work and what I'm hearing in the morning, in the afternoon, when I get back, what's happening in sports. Then I'm writing those things down. I'm getting questions from sports center and get up and you know, all these different podcasts that I listen to, which I want, by the way, shout out. I am athlete podcast. If people are not subscribed to it or don't know about it, I am athlete podcast is Brandon Marshall, Fred Jackson, um, Jameson, uh, uh, I'm sorry, not Jameson, Channing Crowder. Um, Chad Ochocinco's on sometimes. Those are the main guys, though. So I Am Athlete Podcast, great. It's even on YouTube, too. You check it out. They have great guests. They keep it so real about sports, on the field, off the field, mm-hmm. lifestyle stuff, you know, people investing, and these these players becoming, like, you know, successful businessmen. They have women on who, you know, have empowered themselves and made a step you know, that like people never thought women can make, man. And it's just awesome. They celebrate people. They celebrate human beings. Um, it's a great, great podcast. And also DC and Hawani. I get all my questions from them about, you know, the UFC and stuff like that. Go. But definitely, man, I'm proud of you guys. I'm happy what you guys did. Um, I know you're going to be doing it more, but I will be joining, man. It was hard oh, for yeah. me to step out. I have missed episodes before. Um, that was one I wanted to make, but I've missed episodes before. And Pat and Frankie and Rich held it down. But oh, okay. I I'm not trying to miss no more episodes, man. If no. you can hear, I sound even clearer out there, there we go. y'all. Because my boy Ryan hooked me up with a microphone, there we go. and I am in business. I got the all black everything microphone. So perfect. Now is the real deal. Mm-hmm. Yes, We're the real yes. deal out here. So oh, here we go, years. man. Here we go. So we got a couple of topics. We got UFC. We got some NFL free agency. Has been going crazy. Um, we got basketball, college, mm-hmm. and NBA, and maybe a little fantasy will splash in. We don't know. You know how we do at the RDC. We just go in. Shout out, by the way, to all my Valley View crew. Yo, these are the cats I oh. went to college with. My brothers for life, man. Uh, I should really shout them all out. You know what I'm saying? But, like, you know, maybe. You think, you think I should give them a shout out? You know, try yeah, to give them all not? out there. 
my boy Mabel, uh, Lucci, um, Stud, Fire Flames. No, no real names, and they'll know <laughs> who they are. T Bone, um, Big Face Hunteds, my boy Big A, of course, um, and Witsy, the unfound member Witsy. Man, you know it's like he's uh, went over to uh, Hawaii. Hopefully, he could listen to us at some point out there. there. I hope I got everyone. My boy Buck, my boy Buck, of course, he is the man. Not a Valley View guy, but a a um, you know a a Washington Street G, as we used to call ourselves back mm-hmm. in the day. So shout out to all my boys listening to shout us now. Out. I know they subscribe to us, man. I really appreciate that. There and hopefully go. I didn't forget nobody because you know they'll be they'll be getting at me. But um You'll NFL know if free you agency. Somebody. Oh, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. NFL free agency is so hot right now, but I want to start with the UFC. Okay. Last weekend, Kevin Holland versus Derek Brunson, um, a middleweight bout, one that I anticipated and we talked about in previous episodes. And turned out to be a dud, in my opinion. Hmm. I don't understand really what Kevin Holland was thinking, but why go in there and not take advantage of an opportunity that if you win, maybe you fight out of Sanya because you've been talking about it nonstop that you want to get at this guy. And if you, God forbid, went in there in that performance, he would have knocked you out seven times. Yeah. Um, not a good look. What do you make of Kevin Holland versus Derek Brunson? And what do you make of Kevin Holland, you know, altogether? I really don't know. You know, just watching the fight, I couldn't tell if he just didn't care or if the fight just wasn't going the way he thought he thought it was or his, something. But he just started, instead of, you know, biting down the mouthpiece like most people do, he just started, you know, being his, his antic self. It's like he couldn't he seems like the type of person where he couldn't take something seriously if he tried, you know. Mm-hmm. And not to say that he's not serious about fighting, but... When it gets in like those tough situations, those deep water situations, where you gotta just you know, by like I said, by down the mouthpiece and and fight back. Darren Brunson is no, is no joke. He's not playing those games with you. He's <laughs> no, fighting but... to win. He's fighting for. He wants to fight for the belt. He's not gonna sit there and jaw with you or sit there and you know laugh at your antics and then you catch him off guard. It's not gonna work with guys like that. And the higher you go up, the higher you want to climb, the less it's going to work. And the more skilled guys are gonna be. Derek Brunson just looked like, you know, he knew exactly how to beat this guy. He just took him down, used his wrestling, used his strength. And Kevin Holland's just so unorthodox. You know, he's just throwing crazy punches and crazy kicks and trying to catch him slipping. And he almost had him for a second uh, yeah. in in one of the, you know, middle rounds where Brunson was slipping. But he went right back to the wrestling, grabbed him, mm-hmm. brought him back down, controlled the fight, and... I don't know. Like you said, if this was anyone else, he probably would have been out cold. No mm-hmm. one. Now he's laughing when he uh, he <laughs> he's laughing when he gets back to reality. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. What do you What do you think about that? The thing about it is, is, like I get that this guy's whole persona is built on you know being loose and talking and you know getting you know getting people frustrated i get that you know but here's the thing when you're in a fight and you just lost the first round the guy's taking you down and you're in your corner and you're laughing and you're talking to habib mm-hmm. you know who's watching the fight and you're not taking any advice from any of your coaches what are you really doing you know okay you come out the first round and you and no advice second round same thing third round he went five rounds he didn't get any advice because he was talking too much because he wasn't taking it, I feel like, seriously. And how do you not take this fight, main event, 
dead serious mm-hmm. that if you win, you put yourself into a title shot. I heard him say before the fight that he doesn't even want to fight a five-round fight ever again. He wants to go back to fighting on the undercard. Well, guess what, Kevin Holland? They don't. The champions don't fight on Coleman events, and champions don't fight three-round fights. Mm-hmm. That's what's you know. I I don't think he's built for it yet. I really don't. My my persona, my thought about him. I mean, his persona and my thought about him leading into this fight was, man, this guy is on fire. Five fight win streak, lit 2020 up for every single weekend almost. And then you come into a a big time fight against a guy. If you beat him, you put yourself in a real conversation against the champ and you don't take it seriously. Yeah, It's one thing that not being able to be take, you know, not having takedown defense. That's one thing that you didn't drill during your training camp that you had plenty of time for. Okay, whatever. But guess what? You needed to fight a better fight. Take it seriously. Figure it out, man. Don't just be taken down every round and then yeah. say, well, you're laughing and you know, you're like, oh, I'm dis I, I'm sorry I let people down. That's what he was saying. That's what DC and Hawani was saying today on their podcast. Like he's calling them up and he's letting people know, like, sorry I let you down. You didn't let anybody down. You let yourself down, G. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Come on, Kevin Holland. Take this seriously. Yeah. And, it, you know, it and congratulations, like, Derek Brunson, man. Exactly. And it just felt like Derek Brunson wanted to fight for the belt at some point. Yeah. So he was taking this fight seriously. Main event. When do you, you – if you have your name, if your name is on the card and they're advertising, oh, Holland Brunson, your name is on that card – doesn't you know reality start to set in a little bit that you're hey you're right there you know if you yeah. have dreams to chase like a, a belt or any sort of championship or any sort of title fight and you you get your name on a on a any sort of event fight night co-main event whatever it is your name's up there in the advertising you you know you have some pull if you win this next fight you can <laughs> Really, you know, start making moves and legitimate, um, make your title run legitimate. But yeah. like you said, I just don't think he's built for it yet. If he needs to, I, I don't think he needs to change his personality or who he is. That's who he is, and you're mm-hmm. never going to change that about somebody. But when it comes to really being serious and wanting to be a champion, if that's something he actually wants, and if he doesn't, that's fine. If he wants to go back to fighting on the undercard, then all right, go knock out some bums and. Fight on the other card and no one will care about you. But if you really want to be in the UFC and fight and make money and, you know, headline these big events, then you need to start taking some stuff seriously and taking advice from your corner and, you know, mixing your antics where it's appropriate, Mm -hmm. not when you're getting dominated in a fight by a guy who, you know, you goofed around with the entire weigh-ins and stuff, trying to make him look silly, and he just isn't taking you seriously. And then he comes out and dominates you. It's it's yeah. you who looks silly at the end of the day, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Boring, boring fight, but I'm happy for Derek Brunson. I'm happy he won. He did what he needed to do. Um, I don't know if the moment was too big for Holland. I don't know if Holland is just okay with being a mediocre fighter who wants to make some money, get some bonuses, but never fight for a chip. But I'm telling you right now, um, the champions are built different. Mm-hmm. If you're a champion, you're built different. And DC said that Kevin Holland's going to be coming out to San um, Jose uh, to AKA where DC um, trained for years. Habib trained for years. 
legendary camp over there. Javier, Javier Mendez is the, is the head coach. He's going to go over there for a little bit out of his next camp, and he's going to wrestle. And he's going to wrestle some of those guys that are the best guys really in the game. They got D1, former D1 wrestlers there. They got Russian guys over there who could wrestle with the best of them in the world. So hopefully Kevin Holland, Holland makes a change and does something you know big coming back and looks different. But Derek Brunson, man, congratulations. Then we got Charles Oliveira versus Michael Chandler news drop that there that is for the light weight what is it lightweight yeah. title yeah let's get that a little mixed yeah. up Habib's Habib's belt yeah Habib has officially retired he said he retired five months ago but nobody else wanted to believe him mm-hmm. but now this time he vacated it's, it's vacated um finally we got an answer I honestly think I said this in a previous podcast the only way he was coming back is if Conor McGregor knocked out cold Dustin Poirier and, and Khabib was like, all right, I'll give you a second shot. It's the only way he was coming back because it was, it was one, which he don't care about a ton of money, but so much that he can't, couldn't, you know, he mm-hmm. couldn't turn down. down, but it was also to knock this, to, to submit this guy again or to beat him again, you know, and say, okay, now I did it twice. I'm, I'm and I got my 30, and know, I'm officially out. Yeah. But he vacates the title. So what do you think? Michael Chandler, Charles Oliveira, do you like this? Do you think it should have been somebody else? I think it should have been someone else. Uh, I I mean, these guys are right there. You know, I think they're up there with the best, um, you know, with the best of that division. And it's a very deep division, as we always say. And so I guess I'm not terribly mad at it. You know, I think that Michael Chandler put on a really, really good performance. Charles Oliveira put on an insane performance against Tony Ferguson. So they're both coming off really hot performances and it's good you know they like to make events they like to give other people chances where instead of making you know dustin connor three for the belt you you set up some other storylines where you know Mike, maybe michael chandler wins the belt and he's a champion in bellator and a champion in ufc you know or Oliveira on a hot streak comes and wins the belt and now someone has to take it from him you know it just sets up I think it sets up more stuff, uh, but I do think there's a lot of guys that got overlooked for that for that uh, title fight that have mm-hmm. been just waiting for Habib to vacate it because they knew. I mean, they they would challenge him obviously if they got the chance, but they just, it's like you come to a certain realization that it's like, man, this dude is tough. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Justin Gaethje came to that realization quick as soon as <laughs> you know he got in there with him, but. I, I don't know. I, I'm interested to see how it plays out, uh, their styles. I haven't seen a ton of Michael Chandler's ground game. I don't know what it's like. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I, the way I saw Charles Oliveira dominate someone like Tony Ferguson on the ground was absolutely insane. Um, so I'm, I'm excited for the fight. I'm interested to see, you know, what things look like leading up to it, what the talk is uh, about training, who's doing what. Uh, I feel like whenever we watch those things and hear those sort of stories, like, oh, this guy's going over here to train. He's working mm-hmm. on this part of his game. It's like, oh, you get more hype for it. You're like, all right, this will be a fight. What do you think about that? Yeah, I honestly thought about it like this. I was talking to my boy Chris Brown mm-hmm. this weekend um, and saying the reason why I think it's Oliveira versus Chandler is because I think they need a f- two fresh guys in there that haven't fought much of the other competition. So if one of those guys, obviously one of those guys win the belt, Oliveira versus Dustin never happened. It's intriguing. Mm-hmm. Oliveira versus Connor never happened. Interesting. 
Oliveira versus Gaethje never happened. Same with Chandler. Chandler has never fought these guys yet. So this is something, a new champ mm -hmm. taking on challengers, not Dustin Poirier, because really, you know, let's be honest, he should have been the guy if it was vacated that they hand him the belt. He chose the money fight instead, so I think he's okay with that. Mm -hmm. But if Dustin gets it, then what do you do? You do Dustin Connor again, that for the belt? Uh, you do Dustin Gaethje, that for the belt? They fought already. Mm -hmm. What what do you really do? You know, so it. I think they. I think they did this to freshen things up, to spunk things up. One legend retired, and let's just start fresh with a new guy, and let's see what this what this division becomes. Mm -hmm. Let those other guys, those veterans, come up and challenge for it. But let's let Oliveira and Chandler separate themselves so that we can kind of get those guys out of the way. Because I think it would have been tricky. Where do you fit Oliveira and Chandler if you make Dustin the champ? Mm -hmm. You make him fight Oliveira or Chandler. I think it would have been okay if he would have fought Oliveira. I think that would have worked out. People would have been cool. But I like this fresh start. It makes it interesting. I'll tell you this much about Michael Chandler. His ground game is a serious, you know, ground and pound. Elbows, big strikes. Mm -hmm. You know, he's in your guard. He's he's he was he's a big time decorated wrestler. He knows what he's doing. His takedown defense is going to be more important, I think, than when he's down there because Oliveira is you know next level. I believe when you get to the ground, yes, decorated wrestlers, man, they are number one down there. If you got a guy, he could scramble and get out of anything, you know. But it's different. It's MMA wrestling. It's MMA jujitsu. You know, so it's going to be interesting what Oliveira does. There's anybody that could do it to decorated wrestler get out of it and get up. I don't think Oliveira really wants to stay on his feet after he's seen what Chandler did the hooker. Mm -hmm. But I like Oliveira standing on the feet, too. I like this fight. Yeah, It's making me like it more. I'm not mad at it. I don't know where it leaves Gaethje. I really don't. Um, I would have, If it was something different, I would have liked to see Gaethje versus one of these two for the vacant belt and then you know, work one of those other guys in there. But I think it was nobody wanted to fight Oliveira and nobody wanted to fight Chandler. Mm -hmm. They want, you know, they wanted big money fights or Gaethje was like, nah, I'm not fighting one of those two guys. So the UFC was like, all right, we'll just make them fight each other for the vacant belt. And then you'll have to fight them. Yeah. You know? We'll force your hand. I think that might be it more than anything. Cause I, I agree with you. I was saying that, um, that, that sort of mixes it up when you're f having these two guys fight each other. Cause I like your point where, Depend, regardless of who wins, we haven't seen, you know, any of those fights before. Mm -hmm. um, but I think you're right because let's say someone like Gaethje or someone like Dustin or Connor takes a Chandler fight or an Oliveira fight. All that does for them is drop them and, you know, out of title contention if they lose. Yep. So if they, if you fight someone like Oliveira or someone like Chandler and you lose to one of those two guys, now they're the new guy who just jumped you again. Now you're losing more spots. So it's like, at least if you're like in Gaethje's mind, right? And if uh, if I were to guess what he's thinking, if you're losing to someone like Dustin or someone like Connor, right? These are guys that people know already to be top contenders. Where, all right, I lost to them, but I'm still gonna be, I'm still in and around the top guys. Yeah, I lost to mm -hmm. another top guy. If you lose to someone like Oliveira or like Chandler, who is just getting started in the UFC, not a lot of people you know, know how great of a fighter he actually is, you you just feel like you get jumped, you know? He, like, oh, another another contender is about to jump, and now you're just dropping, just like what probably what Dan Hooker's feeling like. He lost mm -hmm. two straight, 
after going on a hot streak and now it's like dang now i gotta go back to fighting on fight nights and undercards to get my mm-hmm. name back in there but mm-hmm. uh no i'm i'm okay with it the more we talk about it the uh like i said the more hype that builds once it actually comes around i'm sure it's gonna look even better so i'm excited for it oh without a doubt and then this weekend we got Stipe Miocic, the heavyweight champ versus francis nganu Two second time, Stipe won the first one. Um, I seen uh, what was it, UFC countdown. Um, Francis was going through some stuff, it seemed like, which I didn't really know leading up to that. You know, a lot of the media he wasn't used to, wasn't really training like the way he wanted to, consistently jumping around from like country to country almost. So, um, let's give him an excuse. Mm -hmm. And you know, I know he is not using his that, but let's give him an excuse and let's say, you know, he wasn't ready for. I think this one he will be ready for. Stipe will definitely be ready for it. Um, that's UFC 260. Tyron Woodley versus Vicente Luque is the co-main event because uh Volkanovsky versus Ortega. That's what it was gonna be. Um due due to COVID, um, will not happen. So that's tough. That that backs up everything in, in the featherweight division and then you also got Sean O'Malley versus Thomas Almeida I mean I it was just a bonus bonus getting another championship fight with Volkanovski and uh, Ortega they're out but I'll take Woodley and, and Luque and O'Malley and Almeida definitely yeah. great card this weekend but what do you think just quick um prediction Stipe or Francis in the second one Ooh, I mean I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with Francis in this one I think he's ready Ooh. this time I think okay. that what you were saying is is very true that uh, I didn't know about all that other stuff going on, but it makes sense. I mm-hmm. feel like he's ready. I feel like um, it's going to it's gonna be a test of how dominant he could be because Steve yeah. is obviously no joke. He's got a – he's very well-rounded. He's a great striker. Mm-hmm. Um, and Francis is going to have to, you know – come into this fight not thinking he could just have his way and i'm pretty sure he knows that he's fought him already um like he his last fight he just goes charging with his whirlwind haymakers and knocks the dude out cold Mm -hmm. biggie boy (laughs) jazzy right it wasn't even those two didn't even belong in the in the octagon together it just francis was on a whole nother level when they made that Uh fight but um i'm gonna go with francis i'm gonna go out on a limb and think you know, we get a new heavyweight champ, and he, I I think that it'll be a good opportunity to make another series like they had, um, like Cormier and Miocic had. Uh, you know, you got one, Stipe wins. If Francis mm-hmm. wins two, oh, here we go. Here nice. we go. Nice, got it, got it mid-episode. That's Beautiful. what you needed. Oh, thank you. Wait, is this blended together, too, or did it just melt? It's blended. Oh, that's awesome. That's Let's awesome. Go. Mid, see, mid episode. Perfect bro. for all you guys. Cannot beat it. Yeah, for all for all y'all out there who don't see it on YouTube, just got give this. these cat get give, give these cat give this company a little love. I mean, we don't get paid by nobody, but True. might as well. Maybe they'll shout listen. Out, shout out to my people over here in Pittsburgh, the Milkshake Factory. Let's go. They do it right. They do it right over there. Mm. What'd you What'd you go with there? Let the people know. Got a Hank's root beer float. Ooh. Vanilla ice cream, a nice cold root beer. Ooh, this is perfect. I needed this. All right. That is fire right there. Fire right there. What was I saying? You were saying Francis is ready for right. this one, and you were saying that it's going to have a nice new – it's going to have, like, the legacy, you mm-hmm. know, attached to it. 
Oh yeah. So Francis, Francis. So you're saying Francis? If Francis wins this one, they're gonna run it back again. They have to make three. If what do they do with Bones? But later on, or next has got to be Bones, right? Whoever mm. wins this got to fight John Jones, right? I depending what Stipe does, depending mm. how he feels, and you know if it's a dominant fight by Francis, or if it's you know some sort first of first round knockout or something, right, right, or if it's some sort of fluke that happens, um, it, it'll feel like. It'll feel like you either have, like, let's say, let's say something like the unfortunate Aljamain Sterling versus Piotr Jan, you know, something like that happens or mm-hmm. just something weird that it's like, oh, you feel, you get left with a bad taste in your mouth. It almost feels like you got to run it back as soon as possible, as long as guys are healthy. Mm-hmm. But if it goes like a regular fight and there's a clear winner, I, I definitely agree. John Jones should fight the winner. And then, so let's say it's Stipe. We don't even have to, you know, there's not even a conversation. Francis got two shots. Now he's got to get back in line. Uh, but if it's Francis, I think, you know, John Jones gets a shot. And if Francis wins, and uh, even if – I feel like even if he doesn't win, you know, you get you run Stipe, Francis 3 just as a uh, as a pay-per-viewer, like a main event in, in some other car. But we're getting ahead of – I'm getting ahead of myself now. But <laughs> I like um, it, though, yeah. because it makes me think about what that heavyweight division could be. You know, right. Francis, Stipe, John Jones in there. You know, there's other guys coming up um, in the, the UFC that in that guy, division. Um, uh, the French dude looks like he's getting ready. Uh, Gon, Sierra, uh, Sierra Gon from, I think he's French. Yeah. Yes, looks yes. like he's getting ready, you know, to put some people on notice. Who's that big dude, Volk, Volkanov? Did he come oh, up from? Alexander Volkov. Oh my oh, gosh, he looked hands. dangerous. He came up from from light from light heavyweight man to heavyweight, and he looks really good. Mm-hmm. Um, Tua Tuivasa yeah. is that his name? Ty, Just one. Tai Tuivasa. Tai Tuivasa. I don't know what I said, <laughs> but that that dude got a nice knockout. Let you know uh, last mm-hmm. weekend or so. So the you we're, we're definitely forgetting a couple other guys yeah. who are in there. But man, you the heavyweight division looks Derek, good. Uh, I, um, I'm sorry. Uh, Derek Lewis. Derek Lewis with a big oh, yeah. win over Curtis Blades. Yes, yes. There's many, many more. And uh we're gonna I'm gonna try to record again. We'll try to record again maybe Saturday or so. Mm-hmm. We'll see how it goes. Try to get Rich on, try to talk about the fights a little bit more. I yeah. know he'd be interested in all of these, uh, especially Woodley versus Vicente Luque. Rich was really like that one as well. But I got Stipe in the th- in the second one. Okay. Um and I'll give you more on why when we record again. But I just think Stipe's one of the greatest heavyweights ever, and mm-hmm. he's going to use his wrestling early, and then he's going to smash him up on the feet a little bit, okay. you know, and take it, take him out. NFL free agency, man, just mm-hmm. as big and crazy and uh, interesting as the UFC, and some huge names out there just at wide receiver. Listen to this. If you, mm-hmm. I told you that this would be a class, um, these guys would be free agents, and it would take, you know, I don't even know, two or three weeks into free agency huh. before these guys got signed, some guys even more. Galladay, Juju, Curtis Samuel, Will Fuller, T.Y. Hilton. Oof. Guys like that were free agents. Wow. That's crazy. Guys like that in the beginning of the year. You say those guys are free agents? Everyone getting scooped up. flocks. Everyone flocks to grab those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, unbelievable to me. Let's just start like this. The Patriots, what yeah. they did in free agency. Patriots got Jonu Smith, tight mm-hmm. end. They got Hunter Henry, tight end. Tight you know end. how the Patriots do when they got double tight ends. Oh, yeah. uh, Matthew Judon putting him on the outside, getting him from the Ravens. Goodness mm-hmm. gracious. Jalen Mills, not not big on that one. The corner from Philly. I didn't think he was good in Philly. Not because I'm a Philly, you know, 
Yeah. I don't want to say hater. I'm not. But Philly, yeah, I'll just go with that. Yeah, guy. Uh, Jalen Mills, not impressed. Not impressed at all. Um, and I think I'm not. Did they make any other moves? They resigned Cam Newton. Yep. That I'm was trying the other one of, I was going to say was the resigning of Cam Newton. I'm trying yeah, to think was, of anything else that they. It may come probably up. Gonna, I was going to say yeah. probably going to sign uh, the water boy out of uh, off a three D three <laughs> lacrosse squad and turn him into a slot receiver, but yeah. Besides I've been that. seeing people put that the that the Patriots about to sign uh Bobby Boucher <laughs> next because they're just picking everybody up, man. But I love it, man. You got to make a move. You're gonna do it. And you got the money. Yep. This is the year to do it. You know what I'm saying? Going. The cap is as low as it's gonna be. You know, and the Patriots got money. Other teams can't go for guys. Go for them. I think the biggest two signings though are um oh they also got Nelson Aguilar, wide receiver ah. from Oakland Raiders coming off a really good got, season. Yes. And they also got Kendrick Bourne from San Francisco 49ers. Mm-hmm. So they signed those guys as well. Interesting what they'll do with Edelman. Is he going to come back to them? I don't know. Maybe they release him late. Gentleman goes to join Tom Brady and they win again. Huh. Um, I think John o. Smith and Hunter Henry were the two biggest signs because I think Cam Newton really needs two tight ends like that. He was always great with Greg Olson in Carolina. And now he's got two monster beasts of guys who can catch the ball and run with the ball. Red zone targets. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. This is a huge pickup. What do you think of what the Patriots did in free agency? I liked it. I think what you're saying about the tight end is spot on. I think if Cam is their guy and they're giving him another shot and a legitimate shot, you know, this time around where uh, they're like, all right, we believe in you. Take This is what we're going to do. Uh Make sure you're healthy. Make sure you're doing the things you got to do. I think that if he has two tight ends, because we, we've seen Cam Newton this past season struggle to throw down the field, right? And that's that was everyone, a lot of every, people's biggest criticism this season of him was he, he can't throw the ball down the field. Yes. He can't throw it with pace. And I think having two solid tight ends really helps. He takes a lot of the pressure of having to throw the ball downfield. Yes. These big guys can find, uh, you know, holes in the defense create big targets for him to hit and just take the pressure off him to make a big crazy hero play down the field uh and, and you know show off an arm that maybe will be there this season maybe not might not but i like the i like the moves by the patriots to instill confidence in your quarterback that listen if this is what you need we'll go out and do it for you to where we'll try to put you in a position to be successful. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. We still have two really solid guys. So I, I like the move. I think that if Cam Newton's your guy, then that's that's a really, you know, important move for you for you to make as a franchise. Which also brings me to that point, which I was just gonna ask you, do you think the Patriots make another move or do they stick with Cam? His his deal is a nice deal, but it's there's incentives they could still release him and not lose I don't know if they lose any money, they may just lose some. Mm-hmm. But I think they build this team based on Cam Newton. Yeah. Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne, two guys who are deep threats. Mm-hmm. I don't quite understand those guys. You don't really see Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne going across the middle or running drag routes or running, you know comebacks, mm-hmm. you know, sideline, you see, you know, making sideline catches. They're going down the field, man, middle of the field, you know, going for that bond. I don't quite understand that. I think they got those guys because I think the Patriots think they can get receivers and they'll play at another level for them. Mm-hmm. And that could be. Um, but I think they built the team of getting John o. Smith and Hunter Henry um, built around Cam Newton. Now, do you think they stick with Cam or they bring somebody else in? I think they definitely start with Cam. That's what I think. Mm-hmm. Unless they can somehow get somebody and 
mind blowing, you, you know, in free agency, which I don't put I don't put it past the Patriots. But if you're resigning Cam to that deal, I think that you at least go into this season thinking, all right, Cam's our guy. We'll see how it goes. You know, if if you start seeing them signing, you know, somebody as a backup or drafting a qu- quarterback, I think that the idea is a safety plan. You know, if he mm-hmm. doesn't turn out this season, you know, you give him a chance. You you gave him one season to figure it out because he he didn't wasn't all bad last season. You know, he no. st- started off great, and then you know just. I feel like the confidence got taken out of him. I think he's a really, really solid player that if you instill confidence in that sort of player, like it's the same thing in basketball. I've said this about plenty of guys in basketball where if you feel like your organization is behind you and you feel like the fans are behind you and you're confident, you play at a completely different level. It's a whole mentality that I think they're going to come into this season trying to instill that in him. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But I think that they start with him. Uh, whether he sticks with him all depends on how he plays. So, Yeah, I think they do. I think they stick with him. I think he does well. I think his second year there gets a decent training camp, however that's going to look this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and they move forward with Cam Newton. They're going to get players back on defense. They're going to look way more better on defense. Way more better, if that's even a word. <laughs> Just way better. Uh, way better on defense. Um and I think the Patriots go back to their old ways of winning. Right. Um, Galladay, Juju, Samuel, Fuller, Hilton. Now you got those guys. I'm going to talk about those guys in a minute as well. There's some QBs, though, man, that change teams. I said this a little while ago, not a little while ago on the podcast. Um, I In the beginning of 2020, I said, man, the NFL is going to look real different next year. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it's going to look like, but there's going to be guys on different teams. And, man, the 2021 show that. Andy Dalton with the Bears. Jacoby Brissett with Miami, Fitz, Fitz Magic with Washington, Cam with the Patriots again, Tyrod Taylor with the Texans. What does that mean for Watson? You know, um, Breeze retiring. And now you got Winston basically over there. They re-signed Hill as well, but it looks like Winston will be the starter. Jared Goff in Detroit, um, Wentz, Carson Wentz with the Colts, Stafford who was traded for Goff with the Rams. Unbelievable, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, there is, there is, you know, just so many changes at the most crucial position in the NFL. Do you think we see this is a trend we see more of, or is this just a kind of weird year and they're going to roll with these quarterbacks? This quarterback, you know, these teams had some vacancies for a mm-hmm. while where they were was a little shaky anyway, you know, in my in in Chicago, in Washington, um, in Detroit. You know, in Colts showed that they can pick up a guy and then play him in Philip Rivers, and then he retires and they plug someone else in. Do you think this had, this had an NFL stays, or do you think it's just a freak year? I think that this is how the NFL is going to be for a little bit, at least. I think that again, drawing comparisons with basketball, mm-hmm. I think that a lot of teams are showing that, or a lot of players are showing that you have so much power in in what you want to do with your career and Tom Brady going, you know, to Tampa Bay and winning P- teams all last season were making moves. We said this last, uh, 2020, you know, Oh, it looks like NBA free agency, the way teams players yes, are moving yes. around. And then 2021 hit us with an even bigger surprise of, <laughs> you know, now it's court, all sorts of quarterbacks going places. And I think that this is not something, you know, as long as there's a, big name free agents it's not something we're gonna um 
we're gonna that's gonna go away mm-hmm. in terms of free agency and then in terms of trades i think that teams are more and more willing to li- to listen to what they either the coaching staff or the players want in terms of trades i hope that that continues to be the thing because it's really exciting for the fans. I think that you know it stinks if your favorite player f- plays on your favorite team and he gets traded away for whatever reason. But I think that for a fan a fan of football who's more than just a fan of you know a particular team, you just like to enjoy the sport as a whole. I think that this is exciting. It, it brings another element to the NFL that didn't wasn't always there. You know, you'd see guys waste away their entire career in one place for the sake of who knows what, you know. And -hmm. I think that now different teams trying out different quarterbacks, maybe it doesn't work. Maybe this system fits better. Uh, I think different teams will see success just like uh, teams saw success this season with doing that. So I think the more the more it works, the more it'll happen. You know, does that make sense? Yes, I agree. And I think. It was even, I mean, the obvious one is Tom Brady in, in Tampa, right? Mm-hmm. He goes, oh, when he wins the Super Bowl, they bring in a new quarterback first year, and they go there. I mean, Tom Brady is like, you know, mm-hmm. the um, the the needle in the haystack. But look what, you know, Indianapolis did with getting Phillip Rivers and making the run they did and going to the playoffs like they did and having success like they did. I think that shows other teams as well. I'm trying to think if there's any other guys who kind of stepped in there one, year one, you know, after, you know, someone else has has had that spot for a while. I don't – I feel like, no. You know, those are the two guys who kind of made it like, whoa, okay, we could do this, you know. Mm-hmm. Team, teams could do this. And I kind of think that's – Wash. I really like what Washington did with getting Brian Fitzpatrick. Um, they also signed – I'm going to add into the wide receivers – Curtis Samuel. They They – but got Curtis Samuel, who's a free agent from Carolina, now teamed up with his Ohio State teammate. Shout out to my boy Kenny. Hmm. Kenny Black's an Ohio State alum. Man, mm-hmm. Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel now in Washington with Fitzmagic there, man. I like what they're going to do. I really, really like that combination. But I like Washington going with a veteran until they can figure out really what they want to do. Yeah. And maybe draft somebody and, and keep them, you know, there for a year under Fitzmagic. He, you know, he could do things like that. I also really like Stafford with the Rams, man. Yeah. I think I don't think Detroit levels up at all with getting Goff. You know, I think they, they either do the same thing they did with Stafford or worse. Yeah. But they don't level up with Goff, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Goff will have a five hundred year, Detroit will have a five hundred year, and you know, We'll see what happens after that. But the Rams level up yeah. with getting Stafford. The Rams have got a guy who's got an arm, who's got talent. Um, I just think wasn't in the right space to be successful. Mm-hmm. Let me just tell you about Matthew Stafford. People never – this is my one thing. My whole beef with the Dak was – let me get on my Dak horse for a hmm. second. And Beef with the Dak. Oh, right. We're paying this guy all this money. What do you really do? Okay. Matthew Stafford, 74-90 and 90 is his career – record 74 and 90 wow 282 touchdowns 144 picks my man doesn't even got a winning record now do i believe it was the situation yes i just said that so i think when he gets to the rams you're going to see a jump in the level of the play of the rams and with sean mcveigh there they just added to sean jackson sean jackson is there now with the rams reuniting with mcveigh 
They were in Washington together. Mm-hmm. McVay was his offensive coordinator or receipt or, you know, offensive specialist, whatever you want to call him when he was there at that time. And he's an L.A. guy. He's a California guy, Jackson. So, oof. Now you got Bobby Woods. Ooh. You got Cooper Cup. And you got the Sean Jackson sprinkled in there. You got the man Higby at tight end. You got the beast of a run out of Florida State last year, Cam Akers, who's there now. You got a pretty decent offensive line, and you got one of the top defenses in the league. Oh, the yeah. Rams are trouble. Seattle needs to figure it out. The Arizona Cardinals kind of did figure it out. You know, they the Arizona Cardinals know what's up, man. Those teams that this that they're going to be challenging um, the Rams in that division for, and they made a they leveled up. Is there any guy of those teams that got new quarterbacks that you feel like leveled up besides, you know, obviously the Rams? I think you agree with that. And I say Washington. Um, Bears getting Dalton. Miami getting Brissett. Who knows what he does? Mm-hmm. Um, Goff in Detroit. I'm trying to think if there's anybody else really there. I don't think so. Do you think any of those guys level up those teams? I think that you you nailed it with the, with the mm-hmm. one that does. I think Matthew Stafford elevates that Rams team to a, a whole new level with just his ability to make plays and just absolutely sling the ball all game. Oh, yeah. You know, and it opens up a lot of opportunities for, like you said, Cam Akers and all the running backs they have over there, that now you have a, a athletic threat. Like, Matthew Stafford is sneakily athletic, too. He'll, yeah. you know, he'll make plays happen out of nothing where I don't I don't think that's something Jerry Goff was ever able to do, where if he gets in trouble, it's he's either throwing it away or he's going down. You know, it's mm-hmm. it was tough for him to make plays when there wasn't anything there. Um, turns him anywhere else. Um, I, I think Washington is a good spot for Fitzpatrick. He could sling the ball. He's a like you said, he's a veteran. He's he's clutch. He's super clutch, mm-hmm. and that defense is terrifying. You know, so to pair right. yeah. a high-powered offense with that defense with that defense over there is you know it's going to be scary for other NFC East teams if they figure it out. But um, in terms of anywhere else, I think I'm just going to have to see how it goes. Uh, Carson mm-hmm. Wentz in Indianapolis, I, I don't know how that's going to look. I feel like the way Phillip Rivers had success uh, over there is completely different as to how Carson – I don't think Carson Wentz is going to come in and play like Phillip Rivers, you know. I don't think they're just going to try and plug him in and tell him, all right, to go go be just like Phillip Rivers was last season. I think he's mm-hmm. going to have his own – you know, they're going to have to figure it out with his abilities and – it's inter- it's going to be interesting to see him not having to r- run backwards 40 yards before throwing the ball <laughs> but we'll see you know i, I think he could be successful if he, yeah. he showed in philly that if he doesn't have to run 30 yards backwards mm-hmm. to finally turn around you know to do the madden you know when you're hiking in madden right. and you drop back 70 yards then you throw it if he don't got to do that he's shown that he could be successful right and i think it's uh it's a big proving proving opportunity for him to prove that you know, you you lead the Eagles team to a, to a playoff where you don't even get to play in the Super Bowl. You know, everyone's mm-hmm. everyone's hailing the other guy, and then you get you lose your spot to a rookie. You know, it's t- it's tough. As much hate as he gets, and as much love as he used to get from Eagles fans, mm-hmm. it, like it, it's a good opportunity for him as an individual to you know prove prove to himself maybe or prove to whoever that. You know he's in a better situation with a with a on paper much better team, so we'll see we'll see how it goes. But yeah. I think you nailed it. I think the Rams and Matthew Stafford is is the true true level up. Yeah, I like to hear Rich's opinion on 
some of these ones. And I don't think Andy Dalton, man, really does much in Chicago, changes much. Yeah. Um, I don't think – I don't know if Jacoby Brissett's going to do. I do like him backing up Tua. But, mm-hmm. And I think he gets opportunities. I, just, I don't know if Miami is sold on Tua. Mm-hmm. Be interested to hear see what happens as the weeks go on. Um, but then you've got this guy who I want to ask you about, and I want to see what you think. Um, Juju comes back to Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. They re-signed him. He had offers supposedly with Baltimore for some more money, with Kansas City with some more money, opportunity to play with one of the greatest quarterbacks ever. You know, going to make a run with the Chiefs if you go there, definitely. You know, Sammy Watkins isn't there. You and Tyreek Hill, ooh, and Kelsey, you're going to get open. Like, Juju would have been open like 90% of the game mm-hmm. if he goes to the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You, right. it, it's just like, from, from, from me, I take a one-year deal to go play there for e- whatever money they want to give me because mm-hmm. I know that I'm going to go there on a year deal and I'm going to get uh, 100-plus catches. I'm going to get five, six touchdowns, and I'm going to make a playoff run and maybe win a Super Bowl. That's why I'm going there. And then once the market opens back up, then I'm getting paid. So I take a one-year deal, I go to KC, and I ball out. Mm-hmm. No, this guy goes back to Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And you say, as a Pittsburgh fan, what? I'm excited. I okay. like Juju Smith-Schuster. I think that all the antics, you know, and the TikToks, and, you know, the being a kid is, is just – it doesn't translate to how he plays on the field. If you watch – if you watch Taylor's games and you don't have social media, you don't know what he does outside the game, this guy is tough. You know, he'll run through somebody. He'll get those third and third and five first downs for you. He'll block. He'll do it all. And, you know, he might have gotten caught up in the hype this year about how good the, the Steelers started off. And he hasn't been himself in a, in a season or two in terms of his big breakout year when mm-hmm. – uh, that he had with Antonio Brown, but I think that one thing people are underestimating is how much Juju really loves Pittsburgh as a city, as an organization. This dude is out out in the streets all literally every day. You'll mm-hmm. be seeing Juju Smith Schuster in Pittsburgh is like seeing the mailman. You see this <laughs> dude everywhere. You see him at Chipotle. You see him at the bar. You see him walking down the street. He just is out in the city. He drives past my house every day in his Tesla. He's just out, you know. And uh, I, he really likes. I mean, not to speak for him, but just the way he acts is he loves the city. He loves the people, yeah. and he truly embodies what the city's all about on the field. You know, mm-hmm. when he's he plays those hard notes downs where he he fights for the extra yard he he's always fighting in the game and you know it might be it might be different for other Steelers fans but for me I I really like Juju Smith-Schuster and I think that he has a lot to offer to the team and I don't think he's a, a WR1 I don't think he's you know the guy that is gonna kill everybody you know with his with his speed or whatever and or his physicality but he's he's gonna do all the things that make a winning team and I would, I mean, I love to have him back. So okay. I think if you pair him with the other talented receivers we have, I think receivers are not our issue whatsoever. We have a, a, an abundance of talent in, at the receiver position. We have tons of other issues with, you know, offensive line, with a solid uh, run game, a solid game plan. I think that that's the main issue 
more than anything is having a solid game plan. We go in there, not sure whether we want to be a throw first team, what we want to, you know, pound the rock. We don't know what we want to do. And it's silly every time, not to go on a tangent about the Steelers, but um, to answer your question, yeah, I, I'm okay. I'm, I'm relatively happy with having Juju Smith-Schuster back. I like it. Then Kenny Galladay goes to the Giants. We'll get to that in a minute. Will Fuller went – will Fuller go somewhere? I actually yes, didn't see any did. Will Fuller news yet. Not yet. I thought he went he somewhere. He might have. We, we could check that out. We could check T.Y. Hilton. Yeah, T.Y. Hilton is still available. Um, A.J. Green goes to the Cardinals, matches up with DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, my gosh. We talked about Curtis Samuel and Terry McLaurin, the Ohio State connection. Corey Davis with the Jets. Um, mm. Oh, Fuller with the Dolphins. Fuller with the Dolphins on a one-year deal. Yes. Yeah, I was – Yes. Just and Emmanuel Sanders with the Bills. Mm-hmm. Um, just to name some guys out there. And, w- I, you know, I, I look at this Corey Davis, Kenny Galladay move. Mm-hmm. Two guys. I like. I actually like Corey Davis more than Kenny Galladay. And I bet people are going to get at me for that. I just think Kenny Galladay is like a one... Like a like a like a receiver who runs, you know, the the one route, and it's kind of deep, and it's pony. across, yeah, and across the middle, and he, you know, that's what he does. And I don't know how that matchup with Daniel Jones is going to be. Um, AJ Green, I love him in with the Cardinals because he's going to not get the attention drawn to him like he's had in the past. He can kind of get comfortable again at receiver, and with his injuries, he could ease into this process. Hopkins is going to take a ton of the heat for him it's going to be fine over there so i like that move but i don't know which move is sillier Corey davis going to the jets or kenny galladay going to the giants mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> silly i mean i don't know i think that they're not moves that are going to win you a super bowl you know if you're you're excited if i think the i think giants getting kenny kenny galladay has to be better um i don't know what the jets I think the Jets are just preparing for a new quarterback, trying to get him weapons, trying to do whatever they can for whoever they bring in, whoever they end up drafting. But um, I, I don't know. It just seems like you go out and you get who you can get, and that's what that's what this feels like to me. You got who you could, who you could. You know, it's not maybe not your first guy, not your second guy, but you went out, and you made a move so that your fans could be like, all right, we made, we did something. You know, for the Jets, for the Jets, like. you're saying? Yes, yes, for the Jets. Yeah, yeah. That's what it felt <laughs> yeah, like. I agree. You know, he caught a couple passes. I think we'll go grab him. Yeah, that's the thing. Who would you rather have, Corey Davis or Kenny Galladay? Um, depending. It's hard what, to not go Galladay, but yeah, depending what you need, I I would go Galladay. If if I were to have someone on the Steelers, I would want Galladay. But mm-hmm. in terms of what you need, Corey Davis could could do it all. You know, yeah, he's yeah, another that's one why of those I like guys, him. Yeah. Another one of those guys that I was saying, kind of like Juju's, where he'll have like a breakout game here and there, but he just does all mm-hmm. the little stuff too that you don't yep. even necessarily see on the stat sheet or see during the game, but he'll do it all. Mm-hmm. And I agree with you. I don't think him like Juju is a wide receiver one, mm-hmm. Corey Davis. I would rather have Corey Davis and Kenny Galladay. Like I said, no, I'm going to get the B for it, but I know it's hard to pass up Galladay, but I'm good. I would in that situation because I think if Galladay is with a different team, he's with the Rams. Um, if he's with, like you said, the Steelers, you know, you could throw the ball down the field. If he's with Seattle, if he's with, you know, teams like the uh, the Green Bay Packers with a quarterback who likes to throw the ball down the field, oh, that would have been a good one. 
Green Bay Packers. Numerous times, you know, that that's a different look. Yeah, him and Devontae Adams. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Um, that could be dangerous. Um, what was next on my list here? Okay. Then you got quarterbacks, right? And I, and we all love our quarterbacks, we named before. But look at the quarterbacks in the NFC East, my my division. Cowboys mm-hmm. with Dak. Fitz, Fitzmagic with Washington now. Hurts will probably be the quarterback in Philly if they don't draft someone or if they don't trade for someone. Yep. You never know what's going to happen there. And Daniel Jones, the quarterback of the Giants. So my question is this. Who is the best team in the NFC East? Um, Best team in the NFC East, to me, has to be either the football team or the Cowboys with Dak. Okay. Dak. Without Dak, I would say the Giants. Mm-hmm. Giants are the uh, football team. I, I just don't right. see – I. They all seem very even to me. It feels like a, mm-hmm. a deadlock conference again this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it feels like I need to see something out of all those teams. But with Dak back, I like the Cowboys the best. He's mm-hmm. he's to me he's the best, easily the best quarterback in that division. And um, with the way he you know commands the team, I think that he will make the biggest impact out of any any new quarterback or you know returning quarterback or anything like that. Um, the moves that Washington made compared with their defense, I think will put them right there yeah. as well. Yeah. Giants defense is sneaky too. Um, I just think the Eagles need to, you know, make some serious moves before I, I like Jalen hurts. I like him a lot. I think that he has, he has promise and then who knows if he's going to be the guy. So that's the thing about the Eagles is like, I feel like you never even know they're in love with one guy one day and then they drop him on the corner the next day. So <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And they got a and new I, guy they're in love with. So I don't know. I agree with you. I think it's the Cowboys, um, the Washington football team. I really like their defense and I like what they could do with Fitz magic. I think they could score a lot of points and their defense could back them up with, you know, holding teams, um, kind of like the Brooklyn Nets, you know, you mm-hmm. score, we could, we're just going to score like crazy or try to score like crazy on you. We don't need to play. The Nets don't play that great of a defense, but could you imagine if they did? That's what Washington's going to do. We could score a million points and take chances, and we got the defense to back it up. Yeah. You know, we're not just we're not just out here scoring like crazy and taking chances um, without any repercussions. That defense is going to hold it down. So that's going to be a dangerous matchup. I like what the Giants did getting Kyle Rudolph, getting Kenny Galladay. Um, is Saquon Barkley going to be okay to get back? Um, you know, Sterling Shepard is there as well. Uh, the offensive line, you know, is always suspect there over there. Got a new, um, not a, a second-year head coach um, who, I, who I think is doing great things over there too. But I would go boys or um, the Washington football team as well in that division. Um, oh, Also, Kenyon Drake goes to the Raiders as a running back. Mm-hmm. Jamal Williams to the Lions. So there's a couple free agents in there. Um, and the last thing I want to lead, you know, finish off before we go to basketball is what do you think of the trade for the Sean Watson, the offer that the Bears gave? Three first rounders, a third, and t- and a starter. <laughs> Three first rounders, a third rounder, and I think one or two starters, whatever that means. Whoever that is. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, that's <laughs> – that's to me, it's, it's nuts. It's a joke to me where you give – Three first rounders, you know, you're pretty much what you're pretty much doing is dumping your entire, you know, hope into Deshaun Watson coming there, leading you to whatever with with who, you know, with what help does he have? If you're giving what starters are you giving away? Is it I hope it's not Allen Robinson because <laughs> I mean, what starters are you giving away to get to get know. this guy? I don't know. So three first round picks. 
Oh, I'm sorry. That was to get Russell Wilson, not to Sean Watson. Right, right, so, right. I got to no, yeah. Yes, is to get Russell Wilson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't. <laughs> I mean, if I'm. Is Russell, there anything? Is there anything Seattle? As is, if you're Seattle, is there anything another team could offer you where you're like, okay, we'll trade Russell Wilson? Like, what, what, uh, what do they got to give you? To me, it would have to be a situation like what happened with Matthew Stafford, where they offer you a pretty good quarterback in return. You know, a, a solid quarterback who is proven that you're like, okay, maybe we can work with this guy, and then some talent on top of it, where you're like, oh, some solid names. Where you're mm-hmm. like, all right, and then maybe a few picks as well. Where you're like, okay, okay. kind of like I'm gonna compare it to, I, I'm gonna compare it to the James Harden deal, where you get okay. guys, where you're like, okay, maybe we have a chance this season to do something with these guys, scrap together, but we also have picks if, in case we stink, you know? Yeah. Where it's like you get solid guys, where you're like, all right, you tell your fans, listen, yes, we gave up this, but we got this in return. We could put together, you know, a season or two, and if not, we got a million picks now. That's the only thing I think I'm biting on. But you can't give a you can't give away a talent like Russell Wilson, no matter what you throw no. at me. I'm just saying, if I had to, that's what I would need. Yeah, I like that. I definitely agree. I think you got to get back a really solid quarterback. You got to get back maybe one or two starters. Mm-hmm. You know, guys who maybe veteran guys, middle-aged guys possibly been playing in the league four or five years, you know, could make a little bit of impact and some young guys you could draft to make a difference. So um, if you're even thinking about it, but I think it's got to be better than a guy like Goff to me, you know, if you're going to get that guy back, um, it's got to be like a number one or a number two overall pick, Mm -hmm. you know, that you're getting back as well. Cause I don't think there's anything you give up for Russell Wilson. Um, And I think Washington, uh, I'm sorry, Seattle needs to continue to make moves and, and give him what he wants. Like we've talked about before and keep that man. I'll tell you right now. Um, And now let's jump into basketball, man. Let's see what you got. Oh, well, are we talking about the, 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 we're watching, I'm watching Alabama, Maryland in the background right now. I would I would recommend throwing on USC Kansas because that mm. that Alabama Maryland game is whew, that thing is over. It's getting out of hand. But uh, I mean, going through this whole episode, there's t- always tons to talk about. But it's like right now we're in the middle of March Madness, baby, and this year is madness. Oh yeah, with oh, a capital yeah. with a capital madness. You know, like, <laughs> for let, let's talk upsets so far. Let's just talk everything that's going on. In the first round of 64, and then mm-hmm. so far what's happened in you know, the round of 32. Number 15, Oral Roberts, knocks off number two, Ohio State. I'm just going to mm-hmm. run through them real quick, and then you know we can get yeah. into individuals. Number 14, Abilene Christian, knocks off number three, Kansas. Number 13, Ohio, knocks off number four, Virginia. Number 13, North Texas, knocks off Purdue, number four. The 12 seed, Oregon State, red hot, knocks off oh number five, Tennessee. The 11 seed, UCLA, knocks off BYU at the six seed. The number 11, Syracuse Orange, upset San Diego State. Buddy Buckets. Buddy Behan, Buddy Buckets. <laughs> and they got uh, Gerard, who was the all-time leading scorer in New yeah. York, New York State uh, high school basketball. Uh, history, uh, number ten Maryland over UConn. Uh, the ten 
number 10 Rutgers over seven Clemson and then the uh, number nine Wisconsin over U- number eight UNC those those mm-hmm. last few you know upsets technically but those are pretty all even match teams but just in just insane what do, what do you what have you taken from this so far uh, in this year of March Madness? I mean, I've been watching the tournament for years now. You know, all the way back in high school. I'm an old man. I'm the, I'm a senior in this in this pod in this uh, respect to chat crew. You know, and being the oldest guy, man. I mean, I remember when the Big East was the Big East, and you played the Big East tournament in the Garden, and it was like almost better than the tournament itself. You know, mm-hmm. uh, at least for me and the Big East fans, it was crazy. You know, um, I remember the ACC game. You know championship games and tournament being absolutely on fire leading into the tournament into the march madness and you're like man this is crazy acc's got like 12 13 teams getting in big east got like 10 teams getting in like you know in those in those mid majors and those lower no name colleges you know it's like okay they're gonna sprinkle in and maybe slightly possibly they have a chance but this year man these this year, like you said, guys are making choices to go to schools and play where fits them. You know, there's teams like Alabama who leveled up. Man, listen, Alabama, you for people who just started watching basketball recently or watch it here and there, Alabama was not that team that you see playing right now, Mm-mm. you know, in the past. Um, Gonzaga, obviously, they just kept leveling up year after year after year. They're, you and we gotta, we don't even got to discuss them. But I'm like trying to think of like, like Ohio, man. Mm-hmm. They're dangerous. Creighton. They get in the tournament, you're like, oh, okay, cool. They got they got Doug McDermott, you know. Maybe they win one or two games, you know. They're yeah. dangerous, bro. That team is dangerous. Oh, yeah. Uh, Loyola, Chicago, okay, maybe they get in. They would shock somebody Ooh. if they want. Man, they are, they are on fire, bro. These teams are playing real basketball. I- Illinois, man, last time they were number one was yeah. like when my man D, my man, um, D. Brown and uh, Darren Deron Williams was there. Darren yeah. Williams, everyone to call him was over there, man. Oh, you are you crazy? That was years ago, bro. That oh, was yeah. years ago. And I just love the way the tournament is. I love these teams that are in it this year making a push in the run because you know what? Everybody's bracket is blown up. Yeah. And now you can just enjoy the tournament for what it is instead of rooting against guys to lose and you know, uh, you know, I hope this guy loses now. I hope that guy you know, now you just enjoy basketball oh, for yeah. what it is and you get to enjoy these talented, talented young men mm-hmm. who are levels above, you know other guys you could see why these guys go to college and play at this level oh, yeah. you know you know as well as i do played with some some good basketball players guys who went to maybe d2 or d3 these guys are on these guys are on another level bro oh, yeah. you know and just the names that have coming up and what the nba is going to have in these guys it's very exciting for a guy like me oh yeah insane this let me let me run you through i'm gonna i'm gonna run you through the teams that the upsets that um, happened in the round of 64, right, that we just discussed. Mm-hmm. The upsets that happened in the round of 32, the, those teams who just moved on uh, mm-hmm. so far, and what their team, you know, stuff you might not hear on Sports Center until they upset a team. You know, okay. so you know how when you're coming into a tournament, it's all about Kate, you know, Kate Cunningham, uh, the other big names who are going to perhaps get drafted or teams mm-hmm. that they think are going to win it all. You don't hear these little statistics and uh, things about these mid-major teams that make them dangerous to everybody else. Right. So I'm, I'm going to run you through the teams that have already upset teams and are moving on to the Sweet 16 and what makes them so special. Uh, I'm, I'm going to start with Oral Roberts, the 15th 
you know, 15 seed Cinderella story out of Tulsa, Oklahoma. Oral Roberts has the nation's leading scorer, <laughs> Max Asmus, number three, their port guard. He leads Division One in scoring. He averages the most points in the nation. Yeah. And as a team, not not an individual person, as a team, they're the best free throw shooting team in college basketball history. Them and Colorado, who also is in the tournament this year, are neck and neck, one and two in the nation, and also one and two of all time if they end the season the way it's been going, shooting 83.4%. That's crazy. Absolutely insane. Never heard of this. Absolutely insane. For a team like Oral Roberts where they they upset number two, Ohio State, they come in and they upset – Number seven, Florida, who who was giving them a hard time. They come mm-hmm. all the way back and beat them. And it's like, who who are these guys? But when you break down, you look at the team, it makes sense. You mm-hmm. know, these guys can play basketball. Uh, and to move on from there, just to breeze through these real quickly, Loyola mm-hmm. Chicago, they get the eight seed. A lot of people are saying, you know, they're – so they got Sister Jean, you know, they're Sister Jean. <laughs> in 2018, Loyal Chicago was, I believe, a 12 seed, and mm-hmm. they were upsetting everybody, made it all the way to the final four. All the statistics and analytics show this Loyal Chicago team this year is much better than the <laughs> team that made the final four in terms of their shooting percentages, the way they play, the way they, you know, blow teams out. Uh, number 25. Cam Crutwig is his name. Uh, plays just like Nikola Jokic. He averages upwards of 20, 12, and 8 assists. Somewhere around there. He's just absolutely insane. He does everything for his team. Big, goofy-looking guy. You would never take him seriously until he put up 30 and 19 on you. Um, Oregon. Yeah, if I know these stats, if I know these stats about right. those two teams, you know, maybe I pick differently. If right. I know a guy's got leading score and the dudes can't miss free throws, okay, maybe I go all Roberts. If I know I got a, you know, Jokic in there, mm-hmm. I say, hold on a second, man. This is what the tour. These guys make tournaments. These guys make runs. These guys shine in these moments. But you don't hear these things, like you said. So oh, yeah. I like these gems we're getting right now. Oh yeah, and that's what that's what me and my roommates were saying before. When we're watching, they're dropping these stats on us while they're playing. We're like, yo. No one could have came out and said this before the tournament. No one could have <laughs> nah. came out and been like, yo, by the way, Oral Roberts got the nation's leading scorer and they're the best free throw shooting team in history. Mm. No one no one thought to drop any of that knowledge on me, so I'm no, going to drop it no. on y'all so you guys Appreciate know. It. Appreciate um, it. Oregon, who just upset number two, Iowa, their entire starting five averages more than 10 points. Oof. Their entire starting five averages over 10 points, over averages double digits with – Certain players averaging seventeen to twenty. Okay. Uh, they just played and they they got red hot and were just ready to go. Jumped all over Iowa, and then the last one that I have is Oregon State is just on mm. fire. The oh, last yeah. team picked preseason to finish last in the Pac-12, ran through the Pac-12 tournament, ran through number five Tennessee, ran through number four Oklahoma State and Cade Cunningham. And they just can't seem to miss. They can't seem to cool off ever. And this is one thing I, I want to say is like when you are making a bracket and when you're putting together teams and are getting excited for March Madness, you need to watch these conference tournaments. I'm telling you, because you will learn a lot 
about throw everything out from from the rest of the season. Just throw it out. Whoever is playing hot in those conference tournaments and is is going to carry over that momentum, that's where you'll figure it out. The eye test means so much when you're yeah. when you're picking these teams. And um, this just goes to show you, there's so this this is the best thing ever. Sports Man is the best thing ever. I'm so glad that it's back and will oh, continue yeah. to be the way that it is. Hopefully, with you know all these Cinderella story teams making runs and just putting everyone on notice that there's real hoopers out there at every level. Oh, bro, this is great. Conference. This is great. If you're not tuned in, you're crazy. And even this weekend, I got to catch the NC Two A uh, National Wrestling Championships as well. Um, Penn State is just so dominant. Iowa won mm -hmm. the overall team um, championship. But, I mean, just if you got a chance, tune into that, please. You know, my, my boy Mabel and I, man, we go back and forth over text talking about it. It's so good. Mm -hmm. It's such a, at a high level. ESPN shows it now. Just try it. It's right around the same time the tournament's on. Uh, I know taking a break from the tournament's hard, but, you know, I do it. And, I, and sometimes I record it. This time I watched it live. Um, it, it's unbelievable. But just wanted to add that in as well. But this is the greatest what? time, man. March, go ahead. I was going to say one thing to clear up. Me and, I, me and my roommates were they were arguing me about this. Have mm. you heard the term before for, for championship wrestling, NCAA wrestling, March Madness? I have not. You have not heard that before? No, I love it though. It's, it's like March Madness, but like the wrestling mat, yeah, March yeah, Madness. Yeah, it makes total sense. It makes yeah. total sense. I I've tuned into one wrestling match and the announcer said it and I was like, Oh, that makes a ton of sense. That that should be what it's called. And I've seen it on mm. Twitter, I've seen it everywhere that people call it that. <laughs> that it's not it's not like something I came up with off the top of my head. And I said oh, that good. and they were looking at me like I was crazy, like, oh boo boo, like I was trying to make a joke and I was like, What do you mean? That's what it's called. That's, that's what people call it. So that's good stuff, right there. March Madness. That's like uh, the hockey playoffs. This is the, the not the Final Four, but the Frozen Four. The Frozen Four. Come Absolutely on, awesome. Absolutely awesome, man. And this my, this dude Spencer Lee, man. I know I said it in the chat. The wrestler, mm -hmm. um, three time I believe now national champion um, at Iowa uh, at 125 pounds. This guy um, fought most uh, wrestled most of the um, tournament with two torn ACLs. Um, definitely one, but I'm pretty sure two, and that's insane. Like to do things like that is unbelievable. You got competitors like that, absolutely crazy. So March Madness or March Madness, either way, March is phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, oh, sorry, no, I was just it's okay. Knock on the door, but um, nice. Yeah, oh, I'm I'm really excited uh, to continue to watch these games throughout the next few. Uh, weeks and just see mm -hmm. what kind of talent levels these guys bring it, like an Oral Roberts team is gonna you know f be facing better and better competition every week every week that they win and I'm interested to see these teams stay red hot like Oregon State and yeah just see how far momentum can bring you and one oh that's what I wanted to say one last thing is that when you are watching football right let's say you're a college football fan how mad does march madness make you that you get the same four Close the doors, what i'm saying they, they can hear you the fans can hear my washer and dryer going i'm trying to listen to ryan's questions please babe please 
We both got a bunch of interruptions. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is this is the podcast. I know we run a little bit over an hour, and and our, and our wives and our girlfriends start to get at us a little bit mm-hmm. here. But work with us fans, and if we got a little interruption, that's what's going on in the background. We're dealing with laundry. <laughs> we're dealing with people pouring water on my end over here, and their cup. It's loudest that thing ever. But it's okay. We like the interruptions. But go ahead. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I'm just saying, if you're a college football fan, how mad yeah. does March Madness make you? Where you see get to see the same four teams every year compete for a national championship with a one or two maybe flip flopped out of five and six into the three and four slot. But just even expanding, like not to get into a long spiel about it, but just seeing the field of sixty four. And just seeing what talent could do, and how yeah. how much of their how much of it is out there, and just how, how intense and awesome a one off game is for fans. Like what what is what is the deal? Like how mad are you if you're a college football fan that you have to deal with this every year, and you get to watch basketball fans have it all, and just be blessed with March Madness every year. Dude, there's no competition. Um, the, the tournament blows everything out of the water. Mm-hmm. Um, college football could do whatever they want, and it still won't match the bracket. It won't match the madness. It won't match the upsets. It won't match just like mm-hmm. the the game amount of games you got. You know, I know um, I agree, and a couple of, of my boys um, do as well with just the way the the format is this year with games being played the way they do in consecutive days. I get it because of COVID. I believe that's why. They're kind of in like a bubble in these cities a little bit. Mm-hmm. So they got to get guys in and out and do what they do. But, you know, it's usually is a little bit of a break and you can see most of the games once it gets into the nitty gritty, which it is now, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's the one. Beat. But there's nothing better, man. There's nothing better than it. It's the greatest, you know, tournament in history. Yeah. It's the greatest, one of the greatest times of the year. Um, the players that come out of it are names that you remember forever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's truly it's it, it, you couldn't have it in other sports right yeah. you couldn't have like a a tournament and then say okay that's the net that's the championship team because you you, you just can't but mm-hmm. in college basketball because there's so many teams it makes so much sense yeah you know and it just is like a rush of adrenaline yeah. one game elimination um i love it man you oh, know yeah. you said ask the guys last week but their favorite place to watch it is ideal situation and i agreed with you guys i think the bar was always a great time the casino was great too because of the adrenaline and the energy but there's nothing like watching it at home with three or four tvs set up the homeboys in the building oh, yeah. and you're just eating snacks a couple brewskis and having fun you know it's oh, yeah. nothing nothing better than it no you can't compare no, not at all. Not at all. So the tournament is great. I'm pumped for it. I think Gonzaga wins. Man, they looked amazing tonight. But I think Gonzaga wins. I like Gonzaga versus Alabama. You know, to get to that final game. I don't know about the other down below, the other side of that bracket, because mm-hmm. my final four is obliter- obliviated at this point. I had Ohio State and Oklahoma State. They're out. But neither mm-hmm. here nor there, college basketball is on fire. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My final four is all busted up. I had Illinois winning the whole thing. So right okay. now it's it looks scary. I mean, Gonzaga looks scary. It, mm-hmm. Granted, they haven't. I don't I don't like saying this, but because everyone in this tournament is a really solid team. But being the number one overall seed and getting the pulls that they've gotten, they've they haven't faced one of these red hot teams yet. Oklahoma mm-hmm. was having struggles with Missouri. That's the toughest competition that they face. Norfolk State was a joke, you know. 
Mm-hmm. Good shout out to them for making the tournament. But you get, you yeah. know what's about to happen when you face a team like Gonzaga. Like what happened oh, to, yeah. to Virginia? That was just you know a, a situation where that team just wanted it and they were hungry and Virginia had yeah. weaknesses. I have yet to see a weakness in this Gonzaga team that could be exposed by just anybody. Yeah. It's gonna take it's gonna take you know a solid group of guys and solid coaching to to draw something up for them. But mm-hmm. I'm excited to see them play. You know who the winner of of this USC. Uh, well, they first have to face Creighton. Creighton mm-hmm. just you know advances and then I don't think they have any trouble with them. But the winner of this USC Kansas game uh, is gonna move on to place. Uh, and I, I think USC. I got USC moving on to face Gonzaga eventually, and I think that they will okay. be a pretty tough test for them. That Creighton, um, Creighton Gonzaga game is gonna be dangerous just because of what Creighton can do um, with shooting the outside shot, and they got athletes over there. Mm-hmm. They got guys that that kid Jefferson's got energy, man. Yeah. Um, they got players who fit the tournament type of play. You know, you got to come out there. People will come out and they got the jitters. You know, in the beginning, I know it happens earlier in the tournament, and you really should shake it by the time you play these games. But I feel like every one of these games there's jitters because if you go yeah. down a couple buckets, it's like, whoa, whoa wait a second, we, we, we could be eliminated. And, right. and teams that could calm themselves down, get themselves in the rhythm, come back when they're down a little bit, dominate, play both sides of the ball, get energy, um, coach having those good rotations coming in. They're a type of team like that. Creighton, that's going to be dangerous going against Gonzaga. I like Gonzaga coming out of it, mm-hmm. of that game too. And I like the USC versus Gonzaga later on. And I, I like Alabama though, you know. Yeah. that's going to be, Alabama's an awesome team to watch too. Um, these are teams that I just didn't know I would even be talking about. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy that I am. Exactly. And this is really exciting, man. I'm happy. Oh, yeah. It's exciting. So we're blessed, you know, mm-hmm. over here with all these sports going on and everything feels back, you know, it feels like we're getting, we're getting back to it. I went to a penguins game uh, nice. on, on Sunday. It was awesome. Uh, you know, got to keep your mask on when you're not eating or drinking and you mm. know, the stadiums aren't as loud. Uh, it's not as intense of a situation, but it's fun. You know, you enjoy, you enjoy it for what it is until we get to be, you know, back to doing more, but it feels like a sense, you know, just a piece of everything falling back together sports are back everything's back so love it man we're in a great situation so you got anything else i mean i'm no i think i'm good and i think we went to the good limit there i think Mm -hmm. both of our significant others would like to see us with the with the with the computer shut down but we just got to get an episode in and saturday hopefully we get another one in as well we love y'all out there respect the chat man we appreciate you tune into ufc 260 steve versus francis too Ton more free agency coming for more of us to talk about. Um, God, the tournament's running. You know, Absolutely. the tournament's going. That's going to be great coming up here talking about as well. But um, always good to talk with you, brother. You know, we'll catch up. Um, and this episode will be out ASAP or? Yeah, ASAP. We're, we're okay, recording cool. it right now. It's Monday night. Uh, most mm-hmm. likely you'll be listening to it if you, you know, are listening right when it drops. Probably like Tuesday morning, Tuesday afternoon, something like that. Okay, cool, cool. So we respect, we we appreciate y'all, man, and uh, respect the chat. One thirteen, we out. Peace.